Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Casey with Two Worlds Podcasts, and with me, as always, is the Momo to my Appa. It's Jake. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I really appreciate the last airbender opener right there, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, I was like, I need to do a last airbender one, and <laughs> what would be perfect for us? And I was like, it's Appa and Momo, because, <laughs> like, you know, you're, you're, you know, like, you're small, like, not small, but, like, you're, like, you know, grannier than me and then i'm like thick so it's just kind of the perfect combo <laughs> and we're both adorable yeah they're the best characters so <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's get into some socials you can find us at facebook.com slash two worlds podcast also on twitter at two underscore worlds underscore podcast on instagram at two worlds pod and you can email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com and please like and review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. All right, so let's get right into some news. What do you have this week? Okay, so I heard that Sony is going to be developing a female-led movie, and the most well-believed rumor is it's going to be a jackpot movie because nobody asked for that. <laughs> the other one that it could be would be a Madam Web I don't understand why either of those two characters, they have the rights to, you know, Black Cat, a character that would be easy to make a movie off of that pretty much everyone likes. I mean, it's not going to make them like a billion dollars, but it will make them money. Whereas Jackpot and Madam Web, I don't quite see that one raining down the raining down the dollars. I mean, at least people have heard of Madam Web, but like that's still not no, that's just not going to work. Why not do, yeah. like, Marvel loves Spider-Gwen right now, and I feel like most of the fans love yeah. Spider-Gwen. Why not do that or even Silk? Like, or like you said, mm-hmm. Black Cat. I don't know. That's that's really bizarre if those rumors are true. It would be fun if the Madam Web was just, like, her looking into, like, you know, the, the, the web of Destiny or whatever. I don't remember what, what it's called that she looks into. Looks into that and, like, tells different stories of what would have happened in like Tobey Maguire universe or their Andrew Garfield Spider-Man universe. Right. <laughs> be like, be like this is my movie. Tobey Maguire would be doing this in this one. And it's just like him dancing again. <laughs> like, I'm glad they didn't make a fourth one. Well, Hey, only time will tell who knows. <laughs> uh, I know we kind of touched on this like an episode or two ago, but, uh, it's, I guess Henry Cavill is like officially, officially in talks about a Superman reprisal. So fingers crossed that that happens because I really want him to have another go at it. Same here. I've, I've heard some like, I've heard some mixed different things about it though. And it's like, I was really excited when I first heard it. Cause everyone was like, that's official. He's coming back. Then I heard like, Oh, it's just going to be a, like, uh, like, cause it was originally, it was like going to get his own movie, going to be in a bunch of cameo roles and it's like this is just going to be a cameo role then i was like it's just going to be a cameo role in one movie that's coming out that might be uh, aquaman 2 uh the batman or suicide the new suicide squad wow man why and why then, suicide yeah, squad i don't know and then then the the latest thing i heard is they're like yeah, they're just in the beginning talks. Like, we don't know anything that's actually going on. This is all speculation. 
So it's like, what the heck is going on? Why is it like reverse everything we're hearing? Right. I don't know. Like there, there's no reason that we can't get another, like just solo Superman movie. Yeah. I mean, that's what he has said multiple times. He wants to. And the, you know, like as much as I didn't care for Man of Steel, it wasn't his fault. Like he he was a really good no. part of that movie. <laughs> like that's a crazy thing about Zack Snyder. It's like most of his casting is excellent. It's just his, you know, movies themselves that weren't good. Right. So here's a question then. Let's say he does get like Man of Steel 2 or whatever they're going to call it. Is there like a, a Superman story that you want to see done or adapted to live action? Uh, I mean, I think like because they, in my opinion, my just my personal opinion, they really miffed it up on Man of Steel. So like they took a lot of the, a lot of my favorite things, like the death of his, you know, Paul Kent should have been a much bigger deal than him just being ate by a tornado. Mm-hmm. But uh. Off the top, off the top of my head, it's like they kind of took a lot of stuff from Birthright already, and that's one of the best Superman stories. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I wish you would ask me before, so I could have thought about it all week. <laughs> um, but no, not off the top of my head that I can think of, because like there's a lot of like little things that would be really neat for them to add in, but right. not a whole story that you know. Yeah, fair enough. What about you? Um. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. They took some stuff from Birthright, obviously the death of Superman, but my whole thing was like, why didn't you just like properly do one of those instead of take bits and pieces because they're all really good stories on their own. Um, yeah. So I don't know. You know, I wouldn't mind an adaptation of like For All Seasons or Man of Tomorrow or something like that, but I just, I know yeah. that it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like the main problem with like, because like uh, Superman of All Seasons was one that I actually thought of, but I was like, there's no way they could do it because he's young in that, and it's like, yeah. oh, you know, um, and they they were to use Krypton, you know, Kryptonite, so they couldn't do like the Superman Darwin Cook story, like you know that I talked about on here. So it's just like, there's so many of these things that they could have done, but like since Zack Snyder wanted everything in his, you know, in Batman v. V Superman, since he just wanted to put everything in it, it's kind of taken most of the, you know, most of these stuff that they could make a whole movie about. Yeah. Like, man, I was thinking about this the other day and this is an, you know, tangent, but like how cool would it have been if we could have got an actual, you know, a live action death and return of Superman two movies. That would be so awesome. I was thinking like all the different people they could have cast like cyborg Superman, because I was watching a movie that had Matt Bonner in it. He looks like Henry Cavill. You just cast Matt Bonner as Cyborg Superman. People would be like, huh, they kind of look, kind of looks like him, you know, <laughs> got robot parts on. I'm like, it would make sense that he was him. And it, it would, right. It'd be awesome. It would be, that would have been a great two parter <clears throat> and it would have had way more impact than the, uh, I guess quote death and return that we got. Yeah. I do like this, this next, Very loose uh, quote. yeah, exactly. This next one didn't really require like its own bullet point, but I do want to point out, speaking of Henry Cavill, that, uh, the Witcher two, like season two got the, the go ahead to continue. 
So that's going to start up soon. Nice. It did get pushed back to thinking like summer of next year, which really just bums me out. But as long as we're getting more, I'm thrilled. Yeah, that's pretty great. I mean, with it being summer next year, we can get our Henry Cavill Witcher bodies ready for that time then so we can be watching it shirtless and looking just like absolutely i'm even going to get one of those big round wooden tubs to sit in and watch the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) perfect okay so the next thing i saw and this is something i think is going to really excite you is if uh black adam is well received they may uh make a jsa spinoff to you know go along with it next one which like i've also heard that hawkman's supposed to be in this and i think I think it was uh, Hour Man, maybe, might also be in it. So that's pretty exciting. It is exciting. And you and I were actually talking about, you know, kind of fan casting Hawkman um, over this week. So I, I'm really curious who they're going to go with. And I do want the JSA to get a spinoff because I love that team. I love their comics. And people... You know, like, I know we've had a good amount of DC movies at this point, but they're just so, like, so much less than Marvel at the moment. Like, I I just want more and Mm -hmm. more DC movies. Like, there's no reason we shouldn't have a JSA so that people that don't know those characters can kind of get, you know, really DC's first big team, like, get an idea of what that's like. Yeah, and I think also it's going to help the JSA a lot since I think Jeff Johns is kind of taking that Kevin Feig role like he just kind of took it since like Snyder did such a bad job yeah and that you know like so he's been punching up scripts and all that stuff so I I think with him kind of at the helm if he if he'd have the time because I don't know how he does anything since he does a lot of the CW stuff too but with him like working that a JSA movie's in great hands. I mean, I'm not always his biggest fan, but he got the JSA pretty well. True. And he's you can tell he's passionate about it, even if it's not always like delivered in the best way, in my own personal opinion. Yeah. He does care about those characters and, and can make a good push for them. Um, let's see here. I saw the DC is going to be doing an Instagram-exclusive Batman comic ahead of uh, the the title's return, which I think is Batman 92. I think it's fine, I guess. I mean, it, it would be a bummer if it's, like, super canon stuff with what's going on right now because I'm sure that there's, like, a lot of older readers that don't have Instagram and might miss out on some, like, key story points so i don't really know how in depth that's gonna be or if they're just kind of building some hype with some stuff that doesn't matter too much i don't know i just saw that that the dc instagram will be doing that shortly and i'm pretty sure like james tynan's writing it and i I didn't see who was on art but i guess that's cool if you've got an instagram Uh, yeah i they actually have already posted one because i read it and it's like it's punchline she's talking to like she talks to joker on the phone and then it's just kind of like oh yeah she doesn't really like harley quinn like that's basically what you gather from it so gee she doesn't I like mean, joker's ex-girlfriend who could have thought huh yeah 
I mean, I'm just excited for the next, the future Brave and the Bold that's going to be Harley and her, you know, punchline going out and talking about how much they don't like Joker. Anymore. Yeah, it's going to be great. Really riveting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so last week I actually mentioned how the Snyder Cut was going to be doing reshoots and how they were hoping to bring back the cast. And then came out today, not today, but, you know, the, during the week where they're like, the Snyder Cut won't be able to get the actors to come back. The 20 to $30 million for updated special effects was as far as HBO was willing to go. But then I've also heard that an executive with HBO said, I wish it was $30 million. So I, I'm guessing it was way more just to update the special effects. And that's why they can't bring the people back. This, I mean, man, honestly, since people have been like asking for a Snyder cut since the movie came out in theaters, it's just sounded more and more like a train wreck to me. You know, we hear all this stuff and then none of it's happening. And then we hear all this stuff and then none of it's happening. And at this point, I don't know. Like, I would watch it, but I really just don't think it's necessary. It's not going to... I don't think it's going to change things in the whole, like, greater DC universe for the better. So, eh. Yeah, I mean, well, it's really not going to change anything in their movie verse because it's like, this is just a one-off. They've said that several times. It's just to kind of shut up the fanboys. And it's also, like, also, though... I think it's going to fit really well in the HBO format if they do it in hour-long segments versus seeing it in theaters. It was supposed to be like three and a half hours. Yeah. It was the original runtime, which, God, kill me if I had to sit through that. Yeah, same here. So, yeah, I think I think doing one hour in, you know, increments and being like, this actually was kind of fun. You know, we get to see Flash and Batman and... You know, they're not making stupid brunch jokes the whole time. Right. Pretty cool. But, you but know? do you think... And now I can go away from it and... What? Do you think that, that that his cut would take out, like, all of the fun bits, though? Because, I, I mean, his other movies, you know that they don't really have much of that going on. Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot less uh, clearly Whedon jokes, which is <laughs> fine by me. But, um, I don't know, because he, he had, like, a little bit of joking in the Batman v Superman, and, like, I think Aquaman's gonna be the major funny character. Yeah. Because, like, I, I remember in the original trailers, he was still, like, like, huh, bad ears. I dig it. You know, like, doing that type of stuff, and being very much, like, a, just a 90s superhero. Sure skateboarding on you know one of the parademons and stuff so <laughs> i think that stuff's still gonna stick fair enough i've really only got like one more thing to talk about so if you want to do another couple feel free all right uh speaking of director's cuts josh trank the guy that made the newest fantastic four movie said there is no need to release his fantastic four cut and everybody in the world said no doubt. <laughs> you know, I'm going to admit something right here on the podcast. I have not seen that movie. Neither have I. Like, <clears throat> it was just one of the one of those movies where I was like, "Man, this cast is just terrible." And then I was like, hearing different things that Josh Trank wanted to do, 
And I was like, this sounds like he wanted to make Dr. Doom into a hacker that his screen name was Dr. Doom. Right. And like they got their powers from the negative zone, which I guess is more from the ultimate universe and stuff. And it was like all these different, really just stupid things. And then the studio was like, whoa, this is terrible. <laughs> we need to fix this. But then like when a studio tries to fix anything, they just make it worse. Right. So it's just a, it just sounded, sounded like a mess. Well, thankfully we don't have to know what that's going to be like. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so SH figure arts, they make like a lot of the really high end, I'll say middle of the middle ground Godzilla toys. I was going to say high end, but then I remembered you can spend like $500 on a toy. It's not figure arts. So they make the middle ground, fig, you know, Godzilla figures. They are actually teaming up with Marvel, and they're coming out with an Iron Man Mark One figure, and it looks awesome. If I was the type of person that collected, you know, Iron Man stuff, like you, Jake, um, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would be all about this. It looks awesome. They make great, great figures, and if it sells well, I bet they'll probably end up making more Marvel character stuff. So, I mean, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, it saw some stuff for uh, the new season of Doom Patrol. It says it's going to start June 25th. And the thing also said just HBO Max didn't mention the DC app, which has me worried. Yeah, me too, because I have the DC app. <laughs> Same here. I am really um, excited for that to start back up, though. I didn't realize it was going to be so soon. I love that show. Yes, same here, man. And, like, I was look actually looking at the HBO Max, like, some of the stuff that's coming to it, and I'm like, there's a good chance I'm going to end up getting this, because they also have, like, all of the Showa Godzilla films, except for Godzilla's Revenge, which is, I will stand on this stump and say is a terribly underrated movie. <laughs> and they have, like, all the Showa ones, they have War of the Gargantuans, they have Rodan on there, and so I'm like, 15 bucks a month, I can get all those movies, plus Doom Patrol, the new show by J.G. Uh, Quince, the guy that made regular show, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other stuff. I'm like, you're, you're tempting me pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like at some point they should have just said uh, HBO and the DC app are just merging. Like, if you, if you bought one, you've, yeah. got, you've got it. <laughs> Or like, or like, do like Disney Plus with like the bundles. So like, since we have the H, you know DC app, we can get HBO Go, and it'll be like twenty bucks a month, right. you know, like that type of thing. You know, yeah. But whatever. Um, there's a Sonic sequel that's been officially announced. It's gonna be. I think they're gonna start working on it. Mm, excuse me. We're gonna start working on it here soon. I didn't see the Sonic movie, but I've heard mostly good things about it. It was great. I highly recommend it. And then the last thing before I let you talk again, the Batman has been given the green light to resume production. So cool. hopefully they get back to work on that. Yeah. I'm, I get more and more excited for that movie. I just want to see it. <laughs> Same. There was a, you know how James, how uh, James Pattinson is like really dry and sarcastic and people don't always pick up on that. Yeah. 
he said something. They're like, yeah. He was like, yeah, during quarantine, like, I was thinking about working out, but I've decided to try to, you know, not. And then then he just posted a picture of him, like, with a jar of peanut butter, and he's just kind of sitting next to it looking at it. (laughs) And then people were freaking out. They're like, oh, come on. You got to be good, you know. Yeah. And it's just like, there's been pictures of him looking you know, almost as big as Jacob. Right. So from Twilight, <laughs> not you. I figured. <laughs> oh man. So it was just pretty funny that like he trolled everybody. Right. And, of yeah. course people fall for it. Um, okay. So the last thing I wanted to talk about, not really comic related, but, uh, Josh Gad, who I only know as the voice of Olaf in the frozen movies, Hosts this um, this YouTube thing called like Reunited Apart or something like that, and basically he just gets like casts from different movies back together to talk about said movies and whatnot. And he did one Sunday for the Lord of the Rings, and it was my favorite thing to happen in the year 2020. And I know there's not like a lot of highlights this year so far, but let me tell you that that this was so awesome. They got, um, you know, the four hobbits and Gandalf and Aragorn and Boromir and Legolas and Gimli and Peter Jackson was there. Um, the two ladies that played Arwen and Eowyn and let's see, Carl Urban, whose character's name was Aomer I've, I've switched between actors' names and characters' names, and I apologize. Uh, but anyway, it was just like, I think it was 50 minutes long, and they just talked about, you know, like funny stories from the set and, you know, some of their favorite parts. And then, of course, uh, there was a pretty good segment of them just like reciting lines from the movies. And man, if if you want to see... A grown man named Jake Dilly shed a tear. It was for this reunion because those are my favorite books. They're my favorite movies. And it was just really something special because I never thought that that cast was ever going to, you know, get together and do something like that again. So it was awesome. If you like Lord of the Rings, you can check it out on Josh Gad's YouTube page. And that's all I'll say about it. Nice, man. I was going to end on good news, and you kind of had some good news, so I guess we're going to double up. Uh, J.K. Simmons news. He has said that he had a bunch. He has a bunch more scenes in Justice League, so which makes sense because like he posted gym selfies and he was jacked yeah. for that movie, and then like he wore a trench coat. So, I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to see him like just punching a pair of Demon Wall shirtless in the <laughs> in the you know Snyder cut, and then. He all, it's also been said that he is set to appear in multiple Spider-Man sequels, which is just the coolest to me. It's like, he's won an Oscar. He doesn't need to be doing this crap. And yet it's like, it's clear he just loves that character so much because he played him in the dang Spider-Man cartoon. I was surprised when it wasn't him doing the voice of the Spider-Man of him, of J. Jonah Jameson in the game. Right. Because he just seems to really love that character. And really, I mean, can you picture anybody else doing it anymore? Because I can't. No, he is so perfect. It's like, 
It's basically like when someone else tries to do Joker's voice and they're just trying to do a crappy Mark Hamill. Like, <laughs> that's the level that he is, you know? I agree. And, you know, I do I do want to say as well, um, I know I'm kind of late to the party, but I did start um, the Harley Quinn cartoon on the DC app uh, this week, and I think it's really funny. Um, but the point was that the Joker is played by Alan Tudyk in that show, and I think he actually does a really, really good job. Like, he, he's a phenomenal voice actor. He he really is. I never would have thought that he was going to be this amazing voice actor when I saw him as Wash. Mm-hmm. But, no, he is. Or, actually, as I, when I first saw him as the pirate in Dodgeball. Right. But he is incredible. <laughs> he is. <laughs> but... Does he is he trying to do like the Mark Hamill Joker or is he making is he doing his own thing? No, he's doing his own thing, and um, that's good. Cause he's just got like a really good laugh. That I mean, I guess at any point, you know, a Joker laugh is gonna kind of sound like another Joker laugh, but yeah. it, I I still think it's really good on its own. <clears throat> well, I mean, I'm gonna also relate this back to Doom Patrol, but I mean, he's great as Mister Nobody in that, and yeah. You got to be a bit insane when you're doing that. So it makes sense that he does a good joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up the news. So let's take a quick break for advertising and we will be right back. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. And we will get into the comics we read this week. Had a little stumble there. Casey, what did you read? I read... Um, Flash, Fastest Man Alive, Superman, Man of Tomorrow. I'm going to pull up the numbers because it's two different ones. I guess it's, they don't have numbers on that. Um, but part one of What Makes a City and part two. And then Aquaman Deep Dives. And uh, that was all digital. And then non-digital, I got Justice League 45, Chew and Outer Darkness number two. The Flash 754, Farmhand 15, and then since it is officially Kaijun month, I am celebrating by, I don't know what I'm saying, I've had a long day, I'm celebrating Kaijun by reading different Kaiju comics each week, and this week I went with Godzilla, the color special, uh, number one, and Godzilla vs. Hero Zero. Alright. What did you read, man? Well, it's pretty minuscule in comparison to your list, but I read He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse, number six, which was the final issue of that miniseries, and I read Avengers, number 33, and that's what I read. Well, I will, I'll, I'll get through mine really quick, and I'll let you get through yours. How about that? Sounds we'll great. Mix it up compared to how we normally do it. Okay, so Flash, Fastest Man Alive, it's called, there's two different stories, both by Jeff Parker. Uh, Perfect World is also by uh, Mendonca, maybe that's how you say it. And then Rational Thought is uh, got art by Villalobos, and it's, they're both a lot of fun, like it's kind of funny. Uh, Iris and Barry are at, you know, eating dinner, and then like, she people are watching stuff on their phones and Barry's complaining about it and then like Iris is like no like look what's going on and it's Congress and they're like ah we gotta 
annex Canada, conquer it. You know, like they're just beating their chest and going crazy, wanting to take over Canada. And it's like, you know, it's funny. Way stuff, way 2020 is going. That could be a real thing. <laughs> but uh, turns out people are being brainwashed by Grodd. And he, you know, Flash fights him and he ends up winning. And then he's like, he kind of, you know, Grodd's like, well, how did you, how did you, you know, no, I wasn't trying to do anything too crazy. He's like, taking over Canada would never happen. And that's, you know, it's just kind of like the funny way to end it. And then the other story, Flash saves this girl and like, as, you know, as uh, he saves her, she kind of like touches him and it like shocks her. And as he's, you know, Flash is going about, he's like, I'm going to go to this moon thing. And he goes there and the, the guy that was at the moon, like moon landing, 50 years ago, he's there, he's like, ah, it was all fake. Like, they paid me a lot of money, we did it in a, a secret stage in the Arizona desert. <laughs> and Flash is like, why would you say that? <laughs> and then, and so he's like, this guy, this can't be real, I'm gonna go talk to Green Lantern and have him fly me up there to prove it's not real. As he's running, he sees, like, a pig, a cow, and a donkey, and they're just talking with, wor- like, real words. And he's like, wait, what the heck? And the guy's like, the pig's like, oh, we just, we can always talk. We just pretend not to when humans are around. And he's like, and they're like, don't tell anybody. And he's like, what the, you know, like, what in the world's going on? So he keeps running. He nearly runs off the side of the world because it turns out the earth's flat. And then, and then he's like, he, he like looks at his brain and like finds out that there's some nanites in his head. And so he's like, oh, I got to figure out who's doing this stuff. And as he's running, different thoughts are like Bigfoot and Mothman, and uh, Chupacabra, and Aliens, and Slenderman, and all this other stuff's coming up, and he's like, and he mentions the Bigfoot one, but then he calls, big like, the plural of Bigfoot, Big Feet, which, I don't know why it bothered me, but it's, it should just be, like, multiple Bigfoot. You, you shouldn't say Big Feet. But then he gets there, and it turns out it's the trick to Sir messing with them, and then, like, trickster shows back you know he takes him back to the playstation they're like welcome back and he's like hey guys did i miss pie night and he, they're like yep i had your slice and that's just how it ends and i'm like this is that this is really enjoyable i the gail simone stuff was really good but this is just a lot of fun um Aquaman deep dives not a lot to say it was kind of like there was a robot that was impenetrable but then turns out the the sea people that like the sea activist people are with aquaman had a weapon that could pierce, you know, it was made to pierce Aquaman's skin, and it worked at piercing that thing's hide, and it turns out, since it was an electrical robot, it couldn't take the water hitting it from the inside, and it blew up. Wasn't the best story. <laughs> <laughs> like, the art's cool in it. Um, I forgot to say who wrote it, so give me one sec. I'll figure that out really quick. Uh, that was by Orlando and Marion again. And, like, it was just, wasn't, wasn't as good as it had been. Um, and then, but I'm going to do a, a talk about both parts of the What Makes a City. This is by Robert Venditti and Paul Pelletier. And so, Superman's fighting a giant uh, gorilla. And the gorilla's kind of give him his, a run for his money. Then there's, like, floating gun kind of comes out of nowhere and shoots the monkey. And it turns out Lex Luthor got a deal with the city that he got these like guns that can watch over the city and when there's crime happening they'll stop it and so he's like 
you know, he's making it so the world doesn't, you know, Metropolis doesn't need Superman now, because these guns can take out anybody. And, like, at the end, this person is, uh, like, skipping out on their meal, or not their meal, but on their bill, and so he's running out, and the gun's gonna shoot him, too, because it's the same thing, you know, all crimes are the same, and Clark jumps in front of it, he gets shot. And so the next issue takes up Superman's, you know, Superman's, in quotes, saved Clark and took him to the hospital. Now he's fighting these guns, and they're hurting Superman. Like, it's actually about to kill Superman until all of the people in Metropolis got together, and then they started breaking all of the machines in kind of a riot type of way. And Superman then, like fight keep you know he's like oh i'm gonna fight them you know like the the one gun but then the daily plant turns into a giant gun and shoots at him and like the little guns were hurting him but he was able to fly through and destroy that he's like i pushed myself harder this time it wasn't the best written and also like with the current events i know this would have been written way before that but with the current events it did not look good yeah (laughs) it's like you had the people just destroying stuff, and then, you, you know, the people of Metropolis saving Superman's life and destroying stuff, and then the other the, the guns just wanting to kill everybody. It's like, oh, this is... It doesn't put the best taste in your mouth when you read it with what's going on right now. So that wasn't the best. Um, Justice League, this deals with Spectre. The last issue, he was making them all feel all of their pent-up, you know, aggression towards each other, and that's still going on. And it turns out... Jim Corrigan has left the Spectre, and God's not happy about it, so he's trying to get them to get Jim Corrigan back. Uh, it was interesting. Like, it's still, like, this is kind of like another build-up issue. So, you know, you, you it, it's fine. It wasn't the best, but it's still a pretty fun story. Outer Darkness, true. I'm going to open this one up and read some stuff in it, because it's hilarious. I'm going to bleep myself, though, so I don't use the the cuss words that are in it. So, the last issue, they brought Tony and... Um, crap, I'm blanking on his name. the His partner to the Outer Darkness world. Turns out, they aren't in the same timeline. Outer Darkness is all in the, you know, in the, our future. And Chu is a comic in that future, just like it is here. And they just made, like kind of, like, versions of the people from Chu to show up here, like, with their future tech. And so, like, they found out, and they're trying to, like, figure out what's going on. They're talking about who... They're, like, um... They're talking about uh, who made it, and they're, uh, like... It concluded in November 2016 and was written by John Lehman with art by Rob Gillory. Who? Yeah, exactly. Gilori liked to add little doofy background gags to cover his obvious deficiencies as an artist. <laughs> Layman had a shtick where he would tell an otherwise straightforward story out of sequence to make it seem more clever than it was. They sound like a-holes. Total a-holes. Look how they died. <laughs> Can't say they didn't deserve it. <laughs> so you read it, right, Chu? Was it any good, at least? Uh, Like, oh man, it was, it's so funny. And then, like... They end up bringing a bunch of different characters from Chu, including Poyo in, and they're going to fight the Outer Darkness people. It's a lot of fun. Like, I need to read Outer Darkness. Like, that's the one thing that keeps coming to my mind when I read this, because it's like, I bet I would be enjoying this a hundred times more if I knew anything about Outer Darkness. Yeah. Um, 
the Flash 754. It's pretty cool. Like, you had Eobard and, you know, Barry wanting to team up to take down Paradox. Paradox is way too strong for him, though. And he's been killing all these different Flashes, but it turns out, you know, it he's not able to, you know, get as strong as he want, needs to be. So then he goes back and he kills the old him before he became Paradox. And that gave him enough power and that it ended with him being like super ultra powerful. And I just don't really care much for Paradox as a villain. He's one of those villains where it's like, he's really, really tough. He's going to probably be used again in the future and he's not going to be near as tough or it's not going to be in the same hands. And it's just going to be kind of, it's going to be even more boring than it was this time. And so I don't know, I'm not too hot on this character. I'm excited for the new other stuff that's going to happen in Flash coming up though. Uh, Farmhand 15, it was, like, it was really enjoyable. I follow Rob on all the socials, and he was like, you guys need to read 1 through 14 before you do this so you can pick up on everything. And I wish I had. I just didn't know where they all were because they're all, like, in different boxes throughout. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do that. But, yeah, no, like, Rob's art is still great. It's weird with this series, though, because it's, like, it kind of went from being, like, a regular, like, oh, funny, lots of little jokes with some crazy stuff happening, to now being, like, with this issue, it was closer to being, like, a sci-fi horror than anything else. It's really good. And now for the Kaijun stuff, Godzilla vs. Hero Zero. This is, a, this is a book that, since I think I was in the third grade, I had wanted to read this because I had this big Godzilla book that had different things, and they actually had this cover in it. And I was like, what is this? What's Hero Zero? And it's got Godzilla. Like, I want to read this so bad. And I never read it. And then at G-Fest last year, they had it. And boy, let me tell you, for something that I've waited, I don't know how many years. I can't do that math in my head. But, you know, waited so long to read it, and I finally got it. It wasn't worth the wait. Uh, it's a perfectly fine book. Like, it's nothing that, you know, would make you go like, oh, this is terrible, but for all that buildup that my brain had, it wasn't really worth that. <laughs> but um, he fights this, like, there's this kid with this robot suit. Have you ever heard of Hero Zero, by the way? Not even once. Okay, yeah, because I guess he's, like, he actually had a comic book run with Dark Horse. Hmm. And, but, like, he he's this teenage kid. He's got this robot suit that can grow sizes, and he's, like, flying around, doing crazy stuff, sees a coral reef that turns out to be Godzilla, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to go to San Diego Comic-Con. And he goes there, and he, it's a buddy and his dad and him, and they're, like, doing different stuff. They wait in line to see Art Adams, and then, like, as they're about to get, you know, Art Adams' autograph, Godzilla, like, they're, like, warning that Godzilla's there, and Art's like, ooh, scary, Godzilla. And they're like, ha, this guy's funny. And then Godzilla's still destroying stuff, so they all have to evacuate. And he becomes Hero Zero, and he fights them. And, like, Godzilla ends up killing his friend. And so he fights them, you know, keeps fighting them. And then the kid nearly dies. But he sort of beats Godzilla to, like, just sends him off in the water. Like I said, it's, like, a perfectly fine story. But it wasn't worth the wait. But it's fun. Like... I'd recommend anyone that likes Godzilla to read it. And then the Godzilla Color Special. 
I had this book from like when I was a kid. Excuse me. And my parents had gotten it for me, and then I rebought it at C2E2. And it, like, it's so cool. Art Adams is on the art, and it's like these, they know Godzilla's going to this island that doesn't really have much technology because they just kind of veered away from it. And so they're like, well, we need to evacuate those people. And like the head of the, the lady that's like the head of the place is like, don't worry about it. We got it covered. And so then they end up awakening this demon that this monk had put to rest a while back. And it's going to fight Godzilla. I'm going to like the demon was very much, I can't ever remember the name of this movie, but there's this kaiju movie where there's a feudal Japan type monster and it looks very much like this except for this one has more of a green face but he's still in the big armor and stuff and the guy saves the city but it's also a demon so they have to find a way to stop it type thing. It's very much that's just like it's a very you know it's like oh yeah this writer was just like hey Godzilla versus this other kaiju but not that kaiju will have it be something different and that's what it was and like the thing can't be destroyed so Godzilla just keeps destroying it and every time he destroys it it gets bigger and so yeah it just gets about to the point where it gets big enough to fight Godzilla and they tumble off and the monster you know and then Godzilla just kind of leaves. And then it gets the demon gets subdued again, and it's a lot. Like I said, a lot of fun. It was one of those things where like the monster in it also kind of looks like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toy that I had when I was growing up. <laughs> that was from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three, and so like God, my one of my thousand Godzilla toys would fight that turtle, and it was like the same exact fight. So that was really cool for me also. Now that I'm done done with my comics, I'll let you talk about yours, man. All right. I will start with He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse, number six. This was, like, a bit of a letdown for the final issue. Um, it just seemed really rushed. So Tim Seeley uh, was writing it, uh, Tom Derenick and Matt Yaki on the art, and... By the way, I'm, this is total spoilers for, for my section of talking about comics, so fair warning. Anyway, Anti-He-Man. I'll stop listening. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Anti-He-Man is like at the, the pinnacle of his evil plan. He's going to bring back these dark gods with the like anti-truth. And uh, Keldor, who is the... Uh, his like uncle I guess in their universe um, and also the Skeletor type character um, comes in to stop him and he uses a portal to bring in all these different He-Mans from the different, well the multiverse to fight Anti-He-Man and his Anti-He crew <laughs> I guess is how to, how to say that <laughs> and uh, they pretty much take him down right away and uh, Keldor and Anti-He-Man are having this big fight and Keldor's whole thing was like I, I've been afraid my whole life to do anything because I didn't want to turn into Skeletor um, but really if I put my mind to it I would I didn't know that I could turn into He-Man. 
and he turns into um, a version of He-Man and uh, takes out anti-He-Man and everybody goes back to their own universes and through the power of friendship, He-Man lives on throughout the multiverse and that was pretty much it. Pretty, pretty disappointing. Like, I feel like this could have been like another issue at least just to kind of drag out yeah. some of the, the point, the plot points. Um, but I guess there was, you know, a little bit of a character arc there with Keldor. A cool part though, is like you see all these different He-Mans from all the multiverses drawn in this particular guy's art style. But the, 80s cartoon He-Man as well as Man-at-Arms and Orko are drawn just like the 80s cartoon and they're like nice. while they're in it. So that's like a really cool thing to see uh, side by side with the normal comic art but um, anyway, it was fine. I like the rest of the story a lot better than this final issue. And then Avengers 33 and I picked this up I've been hyped for this for a while. Jason Aaron was bringing uh, Moon Knight into it, and he's doing this whole arc on Moon Knight, and it's called The Age of Khonshu Part 1. And, uh, boy, my hype was super unwarranted. This, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I said, spoilers. If you haven't read this issue yet and you want to, skip ahead a few minutes. It starts off with Iron Fist outside Kunlun and he comes up to Moon Knight who's just kind of kneeling in the snow um but he he's like shirtless and he's only wearing his mask and like his pants and some arm wraps so he's, he kind of looks like you know Danny when he was training training to become the Iron Fist and Moon Knight's like I'm the Fist of Khonshu I seek the iron fist. And Danny's like, okay, well, I know you have a, you know, a history of mental health. So let's call one of our mutual friends to come get you. And then Moon Knight starts fighting him and somehow beats him, takes down iron fist. You know, hmm? you know who wouldn't lose to Moon Knight? Who? Electra. <laughs> Get over it, man. You <laughs> lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really know how they warranted this, but essentially they they fought a bunch, and then Moon Knight takes off his necklace that has an onk, and it starts glowing, and it catches Iron Fist on fire, and then it cuts, and it goes to Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange is fighting a bunch of mummies. And turns out these mummies were brought here by a bunch of what's called moon wizards. And then uh, Moon Knight shows up there too. And um, with another onk necklace, punches Doctor Strange in the forehead, literally in the forehead, and then uses the onk necklace and takes out Doctor Strange. And then it cuts to Robbie Reyes, 
who wakes up not feeling so good in his house and he goes outside to get in his car and the car has been stolen. And who's driving it? It's Moon Knight. So Moon Knight drives the car away. Um, cuts to Wakanda and Moon Knight in like a bunch of like mummy uh, and moon wizard army is there with him. And uh, Black Panther's like, look, if you leave Wakanda, I'll come with you peacefully. And Moon Knight's like, no, nothing about this is going to be peaceful. So he takes out an Ankh necklace too. And he's like, well, why isn't the Ankh doing anything? And uh, Black Panther's like, my power's in my blood. If you want it, you'll have to take all of me. So let's go. And they, uh, I guess, have a fight. It doesn't show that because it cuts to the actual moon where Thor lands. Thor caught word of Moon Knight kicking up, kicking the butt of the Avengers. And uh, he's flying past the moon and he sees Moon Knight down there. So he lands. And uh, he starts swinging his hammer around and he throws it at Moon Knight. And Moon Knight raises his hand and stops the hammer in midair. And he's like, don't you know what Uru is? It's like the first moon rock. And then he can now controls Mjolnir. And he just beats the crap out of Thor, too. Um, so now Thor is, like, floating out in space. And Moon Knight, with the power of the Eye of Agamotto, brings all these moons from across the galaxies and just, like, crushes Thor with all the moons. So now... Moon Knight has, like, the Iron Fist and the Eye of Agamotto and the Ghost Rider car. I don't know why he needs that, but okay. And also Mjolnir. And uh, the last page, Khonshu himself shows up and says, Well done, my fist. Khonshu approves. Now you can save the world. Um, and there's, like, an internal bubble about him being Earth's last hope against the devil. So, yeah, if you can imagine, a lot of the fights were just stupid. And I'm sure there's yeah. going to be some big reason why Moon Knight was able to take all of them and blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, man, for years, I have wanted a Moon Knight story that brings back Khonshu and brings back his moon powers but not like this. Like, this was not the way to do it. Because Moon Knight, even with his moon powers, is still just a street-level superhero. And he doesn't need to be more than that. So, there's just... I, I don't know. I guess I'll have to keep reading, and I probably will because I'm a glutton for punishment to see what happens here. Um, but so far, just not impressed. Khonshu's always been kind of a jerk to him, so I don't know how or why he's gotten just all this massive power to be able to take down some really heavy hitters of the Avengers. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, uh, I like Jason Aaron a whole bunch. Sometimes his stuff just does not deliver well. How mad would you be if it just ends up with Moon Knight being in an insane asylum? Uh, I'd be, I'll be really mad because I'm just absolutely sick to death of them just playing the mental card. It's, it's all it's they've done like, the last like three series. 
it's just it just goes to him and like him thinking back like when he realizes he's in the middle hospital it's just him like beating up like other people that are like crazy it's like i'm the iron fist now he's just beating the crap out of this guy like stop (laughs) he's like oh yeah i remember this now i mean it's it's not out of the question it's just like every new writer that takes up moon knight they're like okay how can we make him even more crazy than the last series and it's just not necessary (laughs) I don't know at what yeah. point they decided that that's the direction this character needed to go in because his 80s series, well, both 80s series, um, the Doug Munch and the Chuck Dixon ones didn't need that. And they were really just good superhero stories. I don't know. This yeah. was this was just a pretty big bummer. Um, and, man, I'd been hyped for this for a couple months, so... But what can you do? That happens. I know you have. (laughs) So anyway, that's what I read. Well, that's all of our comics then, man. Yeah. Are you ready for a Fantastic Four? I sure am. Lay it on me. Okay. So this weekend, Elon Musk sent up some astronauts into outer space as part of SpaceX. This sounds like the start of a comic book. Uh, you know, a big corporation sending up a bunch of people. They come back, probably going to get superpowers. Probably going to become villains. I mean, let's be honest. It's a corporation sending them up. They're going to be like, oh, i got to get Elon now. <laughs> so give me four superpowers that they could get if, you know, life was more like a comic book. It's, all, it's 2020. Let's be honest. That's going to happen. We're going to get supervillains next. Yeah, for real. Um, I think a a good one would probably be some form of gravity powers, you know, where you could control gravity or do sort of like a force crush with gravity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably some sort of solar power. I don't know if you can like heat stuff up or however that works, but something to do with the sun. Um, I'm picturing, you know, I'm trying, trying to like, obviously there, all these powers have been done before, but you got to come up with a different way to do it. Some sort of flight that involves like being as fast as a comet or like whenever he flies, there's like a comet streak behind him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or yeah. light ray from the new gods essentially. And then uh, I think a cool one would be black hole powers or, you know, you could create a black hole and like, you know, throw your enemy into it and bye bye enemy, something like that. Right on. Do you have any, any others that, uh, would be cooler than those? I'm sure you do. Uh, I mean, not really off the top of my head, mostly cause I came up with this, I think you know, today or yesterday, because I wasn't, my brain's been kind of fried here lately. So I like the sound of yours. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, then uh, that puts us into our final battle segment of this particular tournament. Yeah. I was thinking about this. Do you want to do a, we can do a recap to, you know, show everyone the score. If you have that written down, then absolutely. Not written down in front of me, but I can kind of remember well enough. Okay. Uh, we started off with Daredevil versus 
Batman. And I stand behind, it came down to a vote, and I stand behind that the vote was wrong, <laughs> and Batman should have won Florida. Um, and then next we had, I think it was Connor Hawk versus uh, Wildcat. And that one we did agree upon Wildcat winning. So then you were up two to zero. And then I think it was Cassandra Kane versus Tasky, and that's another one where I demand a recount. <laughs> Cassandra Kane should have won, but Tasky got the W, so that was 3 0. And then we had one after that that I won. I know that, but the next one was Tony Chu that I can't remember versus Nightwing. And Tony lost, sadly, but to no surprise. So right now we're at 4-0. Oh, Lady Deathstrike versus the Shredder. And Shredder took that one. So that was needed that. Um, so we're at five people overall. Uh, Shiva versus Black Canary happened. And the old Shiva won that one. So two to four. Oh, Iron Fist versus Elektra, which we've kind of decided that, to, you know, we decided today after Iron Fist got beat by Moon Knight, that Elektra would have won, but then we decided uh, we decided Iron Fist would win, <laughs> so it's 5-2. And then we had Bronze Tiger versus Richard Dragon last week, and who won that one with the poll? Bronze Tiger won that one. Okay, Bronze Tiger, so that's a W for me, so it's 3-5. We're missing one. Do you recall who the last one would be? Did, uh, did we do the moon or the not the moon night the nightwing one yeah okay um oh boy hold on i think i might have my list here somewhere because i think it's the one you, like i think you won it i mean you had to have won it because i did the math i was like i can't make a comeback now right um yeah i have no idea oh uh yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. Well, there was another one <laughs> <laughs> that I probably lost. And then today is our final one. It's Karnak versus the Karate Kid. And the DC we, Karate Kid. Huh? Oh, yeah. D, no, no. But, oh, wait. We were doing DCs. <laughs> I was doing Cobra Kai's. <laughs> <laughs> okay everybody it's casey really quick here um so we've had batman versus daredevil batman lost then we went with connor hawk versus uh wildcat connor hawk lost then we had shredder versus lady deathstrike shredder won and then we had um cassandra kane versus taskmaster cassandra kane lost then it was um Tony Chu versus Nightwing. Tony Chu lost. Deathstroke versus um, Shang-Chi. Then it was uh, Elektra versus Iron Fist. Then Lady Shiva versus Black Canary. And then Bronze Tiger versus Richard Dragon. And... Today, it is going to be Karate Kid versus Karnak.
So I did the, apparently did the math wrong originally. And so we are, if, you know, I'm only down by one, so I could tie it, but I've already kind of conceded to Jake, so I'm still going to give him the W overall. We will try to do an odd number next time. Okay, back to the show, guys. Well, I'll, uh, I'll get us started on some feats here. So, Karnak Mander Azur, the Shatterer. Um, Karnak is the strategic advisor to the inhuman royal family. Um, his ability is to detect flaws uh, in anything, but he is also an expert hand-to-hand combatant and has super strength, agility, and endurance. Um, his perception of weaknesses, um, like I said, he can perceive the flaw in all things, including structural, geological, psychological, um, and then that these flaws sort of appear like beacons to him that guide him towards the weakness. So he can just like see the weak point. Um, and that has helped him figure out weaknesses in Sonic's uh, codes, different strategies and traps, structures. And then, like I said, uh, geological, psychological um, shields, as well as illusions. Uh, it said the only limitation was uh, that he struggles with force fields occasionally. Um, in particular, one time he fought the Invisible Woman and was not able to to figure out her force fields weaknesses. Um, and then the, the, some of the materials that he has shattered has included diamonds, um, crystal, rock, marble, metal, uh, trees, and <laughs> organs, like human organs. <laughs> um I'll save some of his other feats if you want to step in for some things. All right. Karate Kid. Uh, He is the master of every martial arts up to the 31st century across the galaxy. He's peak human physical condition, able to sense the weakest spot in an object, and he is resistant to mind control, which really won't come up in this fight at all. Uh, Some strength feats. He is, is, this was ridiculous, by the way. But he was strong enough to climb the World Trade Center. But since there was no, you know, grab holes, he literally made his own holes as he climbed up. So he'd just be jamming his fists and his feet in the whole way up. He had a meteorite falling towards him, and he was able to destroy it as it was coming at him with his hands. Uh, He countered a fissure that was coming his way and sent it back by stomp-kicking really hard science Um, yeah (laughs) he can smash through walls he once threw colossal boy through a wall uh some skill feats while dying he found the weak point in his diamond prison that he was in and shattered it he broke free from an interton restraint he was able to use one of his many techniques that he's mastered that will let him become stronger, and so he was able to bust through. Uh, he puts Superboy, and this would have been Silver Age Superboy, in a hold that he could not break from. And then I'll go with his endurance feats, and I'll let you go back to it. 
endurance. He has tanked hits from Superboy. He endures the pain plague for several hours, and I didn't know. I don't know much about the pain plague, but I did read that it drove Timberwolf insane after only a few seconds. And then I'll talk about speed and some of his fights after you talk about your stuff. Okay. Some strength feats. Uh, he easily tosses the thing. He can lift um, a chunk of stone much bigger than himself and toss it. For speed, he sees a man going to fire his gun and is able to split the bullet in half after it had been fired. He disarms and switches places with the man with only a second of reflection. He dashes through Livewire's lasso and takes him down. Um, and he's able to leap up to a gunman and shatter the gun without getting hit. For durability, he's <clears throat> tanks some hits from the thing and endures a big hit from Black Panther. Um, he gets knocked back so hard that he flies into a tree and, you know, shatters spark, but gets up afterwards. I'm, I sort of had the same problem that I did last week where there's just not too much out there on Karnak, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and then one intelligence feat I wanted to bring up to show how smart he is. He designs a suit for Triton from Cree alien technology that allows Triton to fight in outer space. And then um, for some of his martial arts skills, he has fought Daredevil. Um taking down Black Widow and Iron Man. Um, takes out multiple guards at the same time. Bullet timer, as everybody is. Uh, he takes down a scroll copy of himself. Um, he's taken down a demon with a single chop to the neck. Um... A lot of, like, nerve strikes that stop people in one hit. Um, that was, like, a lot of his list. Yeah. And, yeah, that's, I don't have too much more to go off of. So back oh. to you, Casey. So speed. He has dodged speed force lightning, which I'm assuming is faster than regular lightning. lightning. I don't know. He dodged mental lightning, which, again, may be faster than regular lightning. He has dodged Super uh, Superboy Bull Rush and put it like as he dodged him, he grabbed Superboy's cape and put it over his head and just to mess with him, like because he was just toying with Superboy. That's how tough this guy is. He has dodged nuclear power blast again. Don't know the speed of that, but I'm assuming I couldn't do it. Uh, he once <laughs> tagged Don Allen, who is a descendant of Barry Allen. He's very fast. Superboy wasn't able to, you know, touch him, and he was able to tag him, so that just kind of shows you his fight speed. I don't really think he could, you know, outrun him, but he can easily, you know, he can be able to do this because he's just so skilled. He has dodged Monel's heat vision also. And then some fights. He defeated uh, Equus, I think that's how you say his name, who has been shown to give uh, Superman and Supergirl a hard time. He has beaten Monel in sparring matches, and Monel, just so you know, is comparable to Superman and Supergirl also. He's, uh, oh, 
I don't remember the name of the alien race now, but they're the alien race that's on the like on the planet next to Krypton, and their weakness is lead instead of kryptonite. Uh, he beat up a bunch of mer- uh, like a bunch of mercenaries one time, and then he's also beat. Is Monster it Daxamite? Boy. Daxamite, that's the one. Okay. And, yeah, and he there he has other feats where he has messed you know fought against Daxamites and stuff too. Like he kicked one one time so hard that the guy thought that he was dreaming because he messed with him. Like he just kicked him that hard. He's like, I've never been kicked this hard before. Is this a dream? <laughs> and he kind of he was kind of shocked. So. Also, I'm going to say this, too. I'm going to play some dirty pool on you. I saw some scans of Karnak getting just schooled by Black Panther. And I'm not saying Black Panther would lose to Karate Kid, but he'd lose to Karate Kid. So I think that that would, you know, that kind of shows right there that Karate Kid takes this pretty easy. I was trying to think of a clever way for Karnak to to detect a weakness in Karate Kid and, you know, give him a hard time. Admittedly, I just couldn't. Because I know Karate Kid is literally the most insane hand-to-hand martial artist in comic book history, and that's just I, I'm going to say this. There's one person that might be more, and it's one, one that I didn't think about until, like, way later, but it's like, man, I wish I would have thought about putting this guy in my list. Uh, it was like Batman one million. Oh sure, yeah. He, I, I remember reading that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like as cool as Karnak is, after I did my research, you know, he does he does get his butt kicked by, you know, uh, like I said, I, he he did he did fight Iron Man and like Black Widow and Black Panther, but Black Panther beat him, and I think Iron Man beat him too. So it's didn't, just like didn't Daredevil beat him, or was that kind of like a draw? Uh, I don't remember honestly. Yeah, because I I it's read like, that issue, but I don't I don't quite remember either. The thing with Karnak, in my opinion, is that. His power is too good, you know what I mean? To where, like, yeah. you really, like, if if he were able to do this all the time, he would literally be unbeatable if he could just exploit everyone's weaknesses and, and you know, accomplish it. But for I, the sake of comic books and a story and conflict, you can't do that, so... He gets his butt kicked a lot by just other people, the Marvel Universe, and it's like, okay, well, if that happens, what is he going to do against the greatest fighter in all of DC Comics history? So, like, and and another thing, too, is while Karnak has been around since the 60s, like, there is so much more out there on the Legion of Superheroes and Karate Mm -hmm. Kid and there's just no comparison for Karnak. So I, I wanted to give you a better run for your money on this last one, but without a doubt, Karate Kid wins this. Nice. Dude, and I, I realized, and I was just going to add this in, but I was like, I needed to tell you too. The one that we were forgetting was Deathstroke versus Shang-Chi. Oh, right. So I won that one. I won this one. So we're tied, man. 
Uh, no, I, I'm pretty sure at one point we had I it I figured. Did the math. I must, I must have done it wrong, but we can double check. I just could have swore at one point you were like, okay, well, at this point forward, like I can't win. Yeah, you know what that's I mean. What I, that's what I really thought, and so I'm just stupid. I think if I if I counted out the people correctly, unless I'm forgetting somebody still, maybe we had eleven. So we wouldn't have a draw. Mm. Well, we probably should have done it that way. I just don't know if we did. <laughs> well, I'll find out after this, and I'll try to add something in where I'll be like, um, this is Casey, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, but, yeah, so if let's just say it was a, you know, you let's just say you won or it was a draw or whatever, and do you want to decide what the next battle segment will be like what our teams will be and then we can decide that and do a draft and all that stuff um you know let's make it a surprise for next week so that i have time to actually think about it okay man sounds good um yeah it was fun and hopefully you guys are enjoying this segment yeah if you're not let us know and then we'll stop doing it yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're just doing this for funsies. So I do know that uh, that my friend Edna, who listens to this, has, you know, after the Nightwing episode, said that Nightwing sounded pretty cool and asked me for some suggestions on Nightwing stories. So that tells me that at least somebody's enjoying it, which we she, appreciate. She wasn't like, man, Tony Chu sounds awesome. I want some Chu comics. <laughs> Believe it or not, she thought Nightwing sounded cooler. <sighs> I assume. <laughs> okay. How about how about we finish up on talking about what we're excited about next week that's coming out? Absolutely. You go first, my man. Okay. I am <clears throat> like looking forward to Batman Superman. I was actually just thinking about that book today. I'm like, man, I wonder when that one's coming out. Then this happened. I'm like, oh sweet, that's coming out. Um and then I'd have to say that Detective Comics, I'm interested to see where that, you know, story goes. Hope it gets good. Uh, and Justice League Dark. I don't even remember what's going on in Justice League Dark, honestly, but I remember liking it. <laughs> um, for me, I'm interested in the Catwoman 80th anniversary special. I've been digging these anniversary specials that DC's putting out for the most part, so I'll probably check that one out. Um, Critical Role, um, the final issue of that miniseries is wrapping up, and I like me some Critical Role. And then the the Last God is putting out a source book this week, and I'm such a sucker for lore when it comes to that kind of thing, so I'll absolutely be stoked for that. And I might check out the Swamp Thing Giant. I'm not sure. Um, but, man, I, I'm ready for the new releases list to be a little bit bigger. I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> Same here, man. And speaking of that Catwoman one, I would I would be, like, all about that book if Darwin was still alive because his Catwoman was awesome. But, like, other than that, I've never really felt that attached to the character besides when Darwin wrote her. Yeah, you know, I I feel that. And I think it's cool that in all of the advertisements for this, that they 
mention like you know yeah. uh, in the 2000s Catwoman like Darwin Cook was Cat you know Catwoman's uh yeah whatever whatever I'm trying to say which is nice yeah, of them to say because it's true his you know his stuff and then because he worked pretty heavily with Brubaker too right like it was the two so. of them yeah I think, so yeah hopefully I mean maybe we'll get some sort of like unpublished story you know like who who's to say I, I haven't really seen much on what's going to be in this I mean they're I'm, I'm going to say this they have to include like at least you know some Darwin art in it yeah absolutely I, well I think one of the the covers might be his or something I don't know nice. anyway that will do it for this week guys um, again you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash two worlds podcast on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore podcast our Instagram handle is at two worlds pod and you can email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com please like and review us five stars wherever you're listening to this we would really appreciate it and uh, I hope you guys have a great week We'd love to stay in chat, but we got to be going to the Air Kingdom. Yep, yep. Bye, guys.